0: Things going on right now that we've never seen before. Things that would have been unfathomable just five years ago and certainly ten years ago. I'm going to string them all together for you in this podcast and let you draw your own conclusion. But I'd ask you to listen to today's podcast in a different way than you ever have before. Not as a partisan, not as a Trump supporter, and definitely not as an American. Pretend instead that you're a large Institutional investor or someone who controls a large amount of money you're from Singapore France Germany above all you value two things growth and stability now let's get started on that list of things we've never seen before at least not in our lifetimes things that those investors would note let's start with the biggest one this headline China passes us as number one destination for foreign investment for the first time this happened in 2020. As foreign direct investment in the U.S. plummeted 49 percent, while investment in China rose 4 percent, making China the largest recipient of foreign inflows of investment dollars for the first time. But, but, but America had strict lockdowns. So did China. But what China didn't have was chaos. It had total authoritarian enforced stability. We used to have a lock on that in this country, not because of an authoritarian regime but because of our culture. Let's keep moving. Pull the lens back. Look at this as an investor from another country who doesn't have a stake in whether you have free speech rights or not. You watched, along with the rest of the world, the bizarre display that was the November election. Everybody was buzzing about it on Twitter. I live on Twitter. I saw it from all over the world. People were aghast as the counting places shut down with Trump firmly in the lead. And the Asian markets tanked. And then, in five swing states, six really. Things shut down, people were ejected from witnessing the counting, and over four to six hours, the election flipped. It looked, potentially, like a coup. Like the kind of thing you'd see in a Central American dictatorship. But was it? Polls showed half of the American people thought it was, including a quarter of Democrats. Then you saw something else that didn't exactly look stable. Social media clamping down fully half of American society. And then the capital incursion. And then something you won't find in any other industrialized nation right now. A totally militarized capital. You have not seen that in America before. In fact, you've not seen it in an industrialized country in recent memory. You weren't sure if the election was a coup or not, but the people in power sure seem to be acting like they're terrified. Does that smack of stability to you? Eight-foot-high fences to 12-foot-high fences around the Capitol topped with concertina wire. At one point, a full 26,000 National Guardsmen to protect these people, with 7,000 National Guard remaining permanently, at least through March. Would you invest in a place where Congress members need security personally and can only operate in a militarized zone? That looks very much like something you'd find in a third world dictatorship. But then this isn't new. You'd had an uneasy feeling about America for a while. As you watched unprecedented, yet completely tolerated and totally celebrated mass violence for six months in American cities. Remember this from yesterday's podcast? This is just Minnesota and just through September. Listen to it through the ears, not of an American, but a foreign investor.
2: Well, the governor is estimating that damage and losses to businesses could
0: total half a billion dollars. I want to point out what you're seeing behind me right now. This used to be bling bling beauty supply. You can see it was gutted and it was torched. In all of this, 1500 businesses were hit. The most hit restaurants and retailers that looters attacked and essentially ripped all the inventory off store shelves. But if you look across the street here, this was a massive retail complex with a T-Mobile, also a footlocker, a massive furniture store that was gutted and burned to the ground, reduced to rubble. But still months after the riots, businesses are still unsure if they will reopen. And they're also unsure if when they do, their customers will come back. Again, that's just Minnesota. Did you hear the names of all those major American and international corporations in that news report? Can you seriously invest In a major national American company with locations in America's blue cities where they turn over the police precincts. They surrender them to out of control riders where this is celebrated, where even requesting protection for your business is viewed as racist, where the party in charge, the one who might or might not have seized power in a coup, celebrates by fundraising for the people who did that In Minneapolis so they can go get loose and do it again in Kenosha four straight nights fifty million dollars worth of damage in Wisconsin or will you invest in China yeah they've got a horrible human rights record but complete stability all of America's major cities are blue how can you do business in that kind of environment the answer is you can't well maybe you could locate in a red city all right but who just took over the Democrats Again, you don't have a partisan affiliation. You're a foreign investor. You don't care. But this isn't stable. So then you do what investors do. You look to see what other major investors are doing. Today we have the news. New York Stock Exchange talking about moving out of New York within the next five years. What about the richest man in the world? Elon Musk. He's fleeing California. At the same time that the the L.A. Times reports that the Biden administration is nationalizing California, adopting most of its operating principles. In fact, Biden's climate plan is just a more extreme version of the one that caused rolling blackouts this summer in California. Who's running? A guy who attracts a lot of notice. The world's richest man, Elon Musk of Tesla. But not just Musk. Remember, these are things we've never seen happen before. And that gets the attention of the world's investors. You know, the ones that prop up our dollar? Yeah. Who else has fled California in the last year? Oracle, Hewlett-Packard, Charles Schwab, Mitsubishi. In fact, Musk noted, we're the last car maker in California. Again, as an investor, you wouldn't care much, except for California and New York's policies are being nationalized Right now, and the people who do it are having to hide behind National Guard troops and concertina wire. And I'm just getting started on things we've never seen before. Hit me the other day, I go into the App Store. And what do I see? Coinbase. As of January 29th, 2021, Coinbase entered the top 10 ranking of free apps on Apple's U.S. mobile store. You know Coinbase, where you go to buy Bitcoin, the alternate to U.S. currency. Which brings us back to the world's richest man who everybody pays attention to, Elon Musk. What did he just do?
2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Invest $1.5 billion, with a B, in the alternate currency,
0: Bitcoin. Which is a big part of why Coinbase, the app, is trending. What did Musk, CEO of Tesla... Do this on behalf of Tesla. Tesla said in its annual report, the company made the move as part of a policy change designed to, quote, provide us with more flexibility to further diversify and maximize returns on our cash. As an investor, does that sound like a guy who's confident in the U.S. dollar to you? Again, this guy just fled the state of California for Texas when the people who are now in control of the country are trying to nationalize California's policies. What does that say to you as an investor? Does that give you confidence in the U.S. economy? Its dollar? Musk is the richest man on earth, and he's moving away from the dollar for his cash reserves. Now, the value of the U.S. dollar is based on ongoing investment, faith, and credibility in this country primarily. Also, in the fact that many countries use it as a reserve currency. Again, that's because of its what? Say it with me. Stability, which is based completely and psychologically on our country's stability. Let's keep going. You're still a foreign investor, disinterested in American politics, only craving stability and growth. And then you read this. Biden's economic policy team signaled that it will be the first administration. Again, this is another thing we've never seen before. The first administration ever to construct economic policy around issues like race, gender equality and climate change. Rather than around traditional indicators like GDP, that's, does what we're doing affect the economy? We don't care. Even Obama did economic assessments of how its policies would affect the economy. Okay. Rather than around traditional indicators like GDP or deficit ratios. Are you kidding me? Deficit ratios. That's our debt to the size of our economy, right? Right. That's kind of a big deal since we've never had a deficit ratio this high. And it might not be that big of a deal if we weren't spending like drunken sailors, writing ourselves trillion dollar checks with stimulus package after stimulus package with an economy of only 20 trillion. We have now racked up or will soon have racked up 20, 30 trillion dollars worth of debt. That's an economy and a half. If you pay attention to monetary policy, and good investors do, you might have caught this one. For the first time, a bipartisan group of senators went to the White House to talk to Joe Biden about the size of a stimulus package. They were concerned about the amount of the spending and used the term monopoly money. Again, bipartisan group of senators. These are all just small things. No one of them alone spells anything really specific But when you string them together, I'll keep going. My January 29th podcast, North Dakota's Roadmap to Freedom, was about what the Canadian news outlets are reporting. Basically, they and their leadership are hysterical. Canada and the U.S. depend extensively upon each other, For energy and refining. We've got pipelines that go back and forth. Pipelines without which people's homes in places like Michigan and across the border in Canada would go dark. You won't read this here. But if you're an investor, you will read it in Canada. In the mainstream media papers. People, leaders freaking out because they believe the XL pipeline is only the beginning. That Biden will close down pipelines that actually carry needed natural gas and fuel. In other words, that people don't just sell here or ship around between the two countries for refining, but actually use in their homes. And they're in a cold panic. Again, refer back to the Biden administration. We will not consider how the things we do impact the economy, the GDP or our debt ratios. You're an investor. You take in the cold panic Of the folks up in Canada who up until five minutes ago you thought were more liberal than the folks in America's Washington. You're an investor and you understand the connection between instability, stability and profit. And you're used to watching people like Peter Morisi on national and international business broadcast. He's a pretty mild mannered guy, likes government intervention, tends toward conservatism, but not so much he's not prone to making wild statements, which is what got my attention, when for the first time in six years of listening to him, I heard him say this.
1: The Federal Reserve has been basically buying up the new debt that the Treasury has been issuing to finance these stimuluses. And in the short term, we can afford for them to do that because that money has really not been getting spent. A lot of it's been getting parked in people's savings accounts and on corporate balance sheets. But as this ends, they'll be spending that money. So if he continues to have these kinds of deficits, which Mr. Trump had as well, after the economy recovers, to finance all of his foolish schemes like, you know, the public option or, or whatever, you know, then we'll have a lot of inflation because the country can't pay for it by taxes. His taxes are raised maybe $200 billion a year, and he wants to spend, you know, 2 trillion a year. I mean, it's silly. So in the end, they'll have to print money and it's going to look like the Weimar Republic. Mm. I would also point out, it's not just inflation. The world is losing confidence in America. They see us doing this. And investors, for example, are looking more and more at putting their money in Chinese bonds. Mm. Now, when Beijing's bonds... When its dictatorial government looks safer than U.S. treasuries to some investors, it's time to start worrying.
0: I've never heard Maurice say a thing like that before. And then there's this other thing we're going to dive into more deeply tomorrow on the podcast. As world leaders, some of them socialists or near-socialists, recoil in horror from the crackdowns in America. No less than Angela Merkel of Germany, the British prime minister... And the leader of France and the self-described soft Marxist leader of Mexico, Obrador, all condemning the behavior of American social media companies for censoring Trump. None of these people are Trump fans, except Obrador, Trump's friends with him.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve a ice cold reward.
0: But they recoiled in horror from the free speech crackdown in which you watched Parler destroyed in total blatant violation of U.S. antitrust laws because it had questioned or those on it had questioned the ruling class elite. Again, you're an investor. You don't care about politics. You don't live in America. Would you invest in that? What if major corporations you invested in in America were found one day to not be sufficiently woke. What if they were canceled? No spreadsheet can predict that. And that is what is freaking out the leaders of France? Yep. Emmanuel Macron, leader of France, practical socialist himself. This from the New York Times. It says everything. Headline, will American ideas tear France apart? Some of its leaders think so. Politicians, the New York Times writes... Politicians and prominent intellectuals say social theories from the U.S. on race, gender and post-colonialism are a threat to the French identity and the French Republic. Well, says who? Liberal French President Emmanuel Macron. The threat, the New York Times writes, quote, certain social science theories entirely imported from the United States, unquote, said President Emmanuel Macron. What is he saying? He's afraid France will burn, too that the instability from here will spread to there. So what looks good and stable? Now to investors, what we used to think of as the third world. Well, America saw that 49% decline in investment last year that I mentioned, while China saw a 4% increase. You know who kicked some rear? India. 13% increase in investment. Formerly third world countries, now looking... Less third world, more stable than the United States of America.
1: Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.